What are we discussing on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast? Well, I got so many questions that need answers like, who should be batting leadoff for the D-backs in 2024? Where does the D-backs rotation rank in the National League? And so much more on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I'm your host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks well, Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe to Locked on Diamondbacks on YouTube. But for today's show, what are we going to be discussing? I want to talk about should Christian Walker be dropped a little bit in the lineup? Where does the D-backs rotation rank in the National League? But first, I want to start here with who should be batting leadoff for the D-backs in 2024? Because I think to answer this question, there's really three main candidates for who should bat leadoff for the D-backs next season. I think it comes down to Corbin Carroll, Ketel Marte, or even a Geraldo Perdomo. Now, you might say maybe a Jordan Lawler if he gets going. Sure, maybe Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas if those guys' bats actually come around. Alec Thomas is probably more likely um, because of his defense to be in the lineup. If his bat comes around, maybe he's a decent leadoff option as well. But from the internal options that we know can get the job done, it feels like Carroll, Marte, and Perdomo are the top three guys with probably Carroll and Marte being in the lead to bat leadoff next season because I actually don't mind the idea of Geraldo Perdomo batting leadoff. I think, like we've said on this podcast multiple times, he arguably has the best batter's eye when he's in the box of anyone in the lineup. Was the clutchest player for the D-backs or runners in scoring position last year. But I think those are reasons why He's probably better at that number nine spot because even though that batter's eye is really good for a leadoff hitter, really good at getting on base with that batter's eye, the fact that he was so clutch last year for the D-backs, I do want to see him in as many run scoring opportunities as possible. And then, like you say, when you have that number nine hitter, sometimes it's like you're resetting your lineup. So if Perdomo can get on base as that number nine hitter, then you either have Carroll or Marte behind him. 
Um, I think that does make sense for the line of construction. So even though Perdomo's in the discussion to potentially be the leadoff hitter for the D-backs in 2024, I think he's firmly in the number three spot and behind a Carroll or Marte for consideration. So let's really dive into Marte versus Corbin Carroll for that leadoff spot in 2024 because both of them have really strong pros in their little pro column under whether or not they should be the leadoff hitter for the D-backs because when you look at the numbers for both Corbin Carroll and Ketel Marte, both of them actually... Both of them actually thrived as the leadoff hitter for the D-backs last season. When both of them batted first for the D-backs, Kento Marte, 312 average, 873 OPS, six home runs, and 45 games started. Really nice numbers for Marte. And same with Corbin Carroll. When he batted first for the D-backs last season, 307 average, 859 OPS, 16 stolen bases, and 32 games. Both of them were really productive leadoff hitters for the D-backs last season. And both of them have different tools that make them such effective leadoff hitters. Both of them do have the 25-plus home run potential. But if Corbin Carroll gets on base, there's more, you know, propensity for maybe him to steal. Then you can set up either a man on second with Marte coming up behind him. Or maybe even a man on third with Marte coming up to bat second with the speed that Corbin Carroll possesses. But then Marte, I think he's probably just the best pure hitter that the D-backs have. So if you're talking about a guy that's going to get on base or at least get your hit to start the game, Marte is probably the likeliest guy to start the game with a base hit. But Carroll's the likeliest guy to get the team, you know, with a run with scoring position to start the game because of that speed. So... And who knows, Marte might get him runners in scoring position, uh, might get himself in scoring position with a leadoff double or something like that. Maybe he hits a single and then all of a sudden he's taking off for second base as well. So I think both Carroll and Marte are both really strong options. Both of them, when you look at the numbers for when they bat first for the D-backs, both of them thrived in those scenarios. And then Carroll, a little bit more speed. Marte, I think a little bit more contactability. But both of them, great options to be the leadoff hitter for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But which guy do I lean toward to being the leadoff hitter for the D-backs? I think Ketel Marte actually makes more sense than a Corbin Carroll. Now, if you want to go the Corbin Carroll route as the leadoff hitter, I think that would make perfect sense. Like I said, he thrived batting first last year. And then Corbin Carroll is the leadoff hitter. It's kind of like Mookie Betts-esque where you do have this dude who might be the best position player, might be the best overall player, more the, the most dynamic player in your lineup. Corbin Carroll might be that, like how Mookie Betts is for the LA Dodgers. And Mookie Betts leads off for the Dodgers. He led off a lot for the Red Sox. And so I understand having your most dynamic athlete batting leadoff. That's something we've seen with Mookie Betts throughout his career. And I think that would be very akin to what the D-backs would be doing if they had Corbin Carroll as their leadoff hitter. But to me, Marte, I think it just fits so much more of the profile of a leadoff hitter with his ability to bat from both sides of the plate. It does not matter who's the starting pitcher. He can take either one for bases to start the game. And then also some other leadoff numbers for Keta Marte. When Marte is the first batter of the game, he did that 45 times this past year, 45 plate appearances. When Marte is the first batter of the game, 333 average, 10-12 OPS. When Corbin Carroll is the first batter of the game, 
only a 250 average, and a 772 OPS and 32 plate appearances. Ketel Marte, when he's leading off an inning, 297 average, 907 OPS, and 156 plate appearances. Marte, no matter the, you know, <laughs> Marte in every leadoff situation, I should say, he thrives. He really excels in leadoff scenarios. Batting first of the game, batting first in the lineup, or just leading off an inning, Marte thrives in those situations. With his ability also to hit from both sides of the plate and his contact ability, I just like Marte as more of a leadoff hitter than Corbin Carroll. Because Corbin Carroll is so dynamic, he can still drive Marte home with some of that power he displays. I think Carroll has more power than even a Ketel Marte. So if you're talking about a guy who's more likely to hit a home run, I'd rather see Corbin Carroll in that number two spot hitting a home run. And then if you do get Marte and Carroll both on the base, maybe Marte is not as likely to take off as opposed to a Corbin Carroll. But if Marte somehow on second or if Marte's on third and then Corbin Carroll's on second, best believe whoever's batting third or fourth, all you need is a single to bring home both of those guys. Or if it's first and third, because Carroll gets on base after Ketel Marte, if whoever's batting third, if he just hits a double down the line, you could probably score both Ketel Marte and Corbin Carroll because of that speed Corbin Carroll possesses. Marte is probably not scoring from first. He can score from first, but the odds of him scoring from first on a double down the line, not as high as a Corbin Carroll. So with all that being said, both of them great options to bat leadoff for the D-backs in 2024, but I think I would prefer Marte batting one and then Carroll batting number two and my preferred D-backs lineup for 2024. Now we'll talk about where the D-backs rotation ranks in the National League going into next season. But before we get there, if you want to place a little futures bet on the D-backs odds to win the 2024 World Series, then why not go to FanDuel Sportsbook and place a little futures bet because the NFL regular season is wrapping up. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays. My favorite thing to do is the same game parlay. Whenever the Lakers are playing, you take the Lakers' money line, AD over in points, and AD over in rebounds. You're supposed to do that against the mediocre teams, but what the Lakers are playing right now, it actually does not matter who their opponent is because that money line leg of the parlay has not been cashing in recently, but I'm still going to ride with my boys every single day so visit fanduel.com slash lockdown and make your first bet a layup fanduel official partner of the nfl
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Let's discuss where this D-backs rotation might rank in the National League heading into 2024. Because as it currently stands, the D-backs, of course, revamped their rotation just a little bit by adding a pretty big fish in Eduardo Rodriguez from free agency to be their number three starter. Once again, I just got to lament at how happy I am with that deal because Erod, I think, is pretty good, perfect mid-rotation starter. And when you see the money that some of these other guys have gotten this free agency period, like the Giolitos, the Frankie Montezes, all getting around the same number of as Erod, but I don't think they're as good. Um, I'm very happy with the price tag that Erod got, as opposed to some of these other pitchers who are on the free agent market. I think Mike Hazen did a hell of a job getting ahead of that deal for Erod. And now the D-backs rotation looks solidified heading into 2024, because of course, it will be Zach Gallen as the ace, Merrill Kelly as the number two, Erod number three, Fott number four, and then the number five spot, a little bit of a wild card. We would probably say Tommy Henry's the favorite right now, but we'll see coming out of spring training. So as it currently stands with that D-backs one through four, I want to know how that one through four compares to the rest of the rotations in the National League. I don't care about your number five starter because once you get to the postseason and once you get past the wild card round and you get to the seven game series once you get past the divisional round and the playoffs become seven games you don't care about who that number five starter is you don't even care about who the number four starter is through the first two rounds of the postseason you just care about who that one through three is and then once it's a best of seven you care about who that fourth starter in your rotation is and you're never going to get to that number five starter because your rotation is going to reset back to number one in a seven game series so It just matters who your top four is for a playoff run. And so I'm just comparing D-backs top fours in their rotation to other teams in the National League. And I was able to use some projected stats going into next year to help make my case for the D-backs having a top five rotation heading into 2024 because the D-backs do have one of the better rotations in Major League Baseball. And as it currently stands in the National League, they definitely have a top four, top four, top five rotation in the NL. And when you look at the projected war for the top four starters in each rotation heading into 2024, number one is the Atlanta Braves, 13.4 for their top four projected starters. Number two is the Philadelphia Phillies at with 13 projected wins from their top four. Braves was at 13.4. Dodgers at 11.4 for their top four. And then the D-backs, number four, at 10.7 war for their projected top four starters. And I think that's perfectly slotted for where the D-backs should be entering next season. I think the D-backs firmly have a top five rotation in the National League heading into next season. I think even has potential to be better than that because when you look at the Braves and their top four, I mean, Strider, Freed, two studs. And I really like their depth with like the Bryce Elders of the world, but he's currently projected to be their number five starter. At number three is Charlie Morin. Charlie Morin's very good. He's also 40 years old. If he turns out to be very bad next season, I don't think that would surprise anyone. Chris Sale's projected to be a top four starter for them. I mean, if he can be healthy for the full course of a season, something we haven't seen in a very long time, Chris Sale hasn't been an impact starter since 2018. And so 
this Braves rotation on paper, I think it can be good. I think it will be good mostly because of the depth. After the Chris Sales and Morins, you got the Bryce Elders of the world. You got some other guys in that rotation as well that we've seen before. So I think there is some question marks and some volatility with that Braves rotation, but it's still probably better than the Arizona Diamondbacks because of the amount of quality depth that they have. The Phillies, number two in their top four starters projected in war. And honestly, the D-backs rotation can definitely be better than the Phillies. We already know Gallon and Merrill Kelly can match up against Wheeler and the Nola. And then after that, you tell me Erod is not as good, if not better, because he's definitely better than a Taiwan Walker or a Ranger Suarez, whoever's the number three. And then Fott is definitely as good as a Ranger Suarez or a Taiwan Walker. Again, whoever's going to be the number three or four in the Phillies rotation. So I think the upside for the D-backs rotation is as high, if not higher, than the Phillies rotation because I like the D-backs three and four better than the Phillies three and four. The Dodgers ceiling on their rotation is incredibly high. Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bobby Miller, Walker Buehler, incredibly high. But like I've talked a lot about on this podcast, there is some inherent risk in the rotation. I believe Yamamoto, as a rookie, can be top 10 in Cy Young voting, just like we saw Kodai Senga of the New York Mets. But is there still some risk in a guy who's never pitched on the major league level, maybe not looking like an ace day one? Maybe he's a very good pitcher, year one in major leagues, but maybe he's not the superstar ace we thought he was going to be. Maybe Glass now, once again, made of glass, can't complete a full season. Maybe Bobby Miller's sophomore slump hits. Maybe Walker Buehler doesn't look quite right post-Tommy John surgery. I do think there are some real question marks in the Dodgers rotation, despite them having arguably the highest upside or potential of anyone in major league baseball. The Marlins, I think, can't contend with anybody in terms of rotation in the National League. It's just super young and super raw, but in terms of talent, Luzardo, Garrett, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, Yuri Perez can definitely be as good as any rotation in the sport, but they're just not as solidified as the Gallons and the Kellys and the E-Rods of the world as it currently stands. The Cincinnati Reds, I think, are getting a lot of love right now. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Hunter Green. Will he step up and be a stud? Graham Ashcraft looked pretty good in the first half of the year. Slowed down a little bit in the second half. Frankie Montes, I don't believe it. I like Andrew Abbott. I don't know if I love him. I think the Reds rotation definitely has some upside, but definitely still a little green behind the ears as well. And then the final team, or the final two teams, I want to discuss as compared, you know, compared to them to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Milwaukee Brewers, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, two elite studs. But you would say that cancels out with the Gallons and the Merrill Kellys of the world. And then the number three in the Brewers rotation is Wade Miley. The number four is Colin Rea. Definitely give me the D-backs over that. Then the St. Louis Cardinals, Sonny Gray, big acquisition coming off of a fantastic season. But after that, Miles Mikolas is coming off a down year. Kyle Gibson, old. Lance Lynn, old. Like when you look at all these rotations, all of them have question marks, of course. The D-backs have their own question marks, right? Erod, will he pitch a full season? Fought, will he look like postseason fought? But in terms of the upside with these rotations, D-backs definitely top four in the National League heading to next year. In terms of upside, in terms of credibility already on the resume, in terms of establishment already in the sport, 
D-backs rotation has everything. You got an ace in Gallon. You got a number two elite starter in Kelly. You got one of the best number threes in Erod now. And then a major wild card upside piece in Brandon Fott as your number four starter. D-backs rotation can go the distance. They can pick up strikeouts. And they can do a whole lot of work once you get into the postseason. Yes, the Phillies and the Dodgers and the Braves all have super talented rotations. But if you told me at the end of the regular season in 2024... The D-backs rotation puts up better stats than any other rotation in the National League. I don't think D-backs nation would be surprised at the very least. Now, we'll talk about whether or not Christian Walker should be dropped just a little bit in the lineup heading into next season. But before we get there, I first want to talk to you guys about Jace Medical because I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a significant or other or one of my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from a life-saving medication that they desperately needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, among other stuff. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com, use off code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order at jacemedical.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. And don't forget, if you like the show, follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, let's wrap up the show by talking about whether or not Christian Walker should be dropped in the lineup because we all know he is the go-to cleanup hitter for the Arizona Diamondbacks and Christian Walker has done a very good job doing that for the last few years for this D-back team. Really since 2019, Christian Walker has been a stud offensively for this D-backs team with the improved defense that we've seen the last couple years. Like Christian Walker has turned him turned himself into a real weapon in the sport. Outside of 2021 where he just I don't know what happened to 2021 Christian Walker his numbers fell off uh, a cliff outside of that year 2019 29 home runs over 800 ops 2022 36 home runs over 800 ops last year 33 home runs over 800 ops if you take out 2021 of course we don't count 2020 um 
He's been a really good player for the D-backs the last few seasons. He's been incredible. Power, defense, leadership. He's done so much, and he's been the D-backs' go-to cleanup hitter the last couple of seasons. But despite how good Christian Walker has been, maybe batting cleanup isn't the spot he should be in because how many games have we seen runners on, Christian Walker at the plate, and he either strikes out or hits into a double play? And how many times have have the D-backs, you know, maybe they're down 2 nothing in a game, maybe they're down five runs, maybe they're up five runs, but the point is Christian Walker is at the plate and there's nobody on the base. And so what Christian Walker does is hit a monster home run because Christian Walker loves nothing more than hitting solo shots. And that's why I want to discuss whether or not Christian Walker should be dropped a little bit in the lineup because I think Christian Walker should be like the number five, probably the number five hitter for the D-backs, maybe number six. I don't think that will be the case, but he should probably be the number five hitter for the D-backs. I love Christian Walker, but as the number four hitter, I just don't think that is the smartest decision for him. When you look at runners in scoring position, Christian Walker is just not that guy in the clutch. With a runner in scoring position, he's batting below 200, 198 average, a 750 OPS, with just nine home runs and 198 plate appearances. Christian Walker is just not someone that comes through repeatedly with runners in scoring position. And if you're batting cleanup for a team, you have to be the dude that comes through in the clutch. You have to be the most, arguably the most fearful guy in the lineup as the number four hitter. That's not always the case, but you have to be someone that's a consistent run producer in the middle of the lineup. And that's something that Christian Walker is not. Christian Walker hit 33 home runs last year, but only 15 of them came with men on the bases. That means more than half the time when Christian Walker is hitting a home run, there's no one on the base. It's just Christian Walker watching himself run around the bases. And I think that's okay for the most part if you're like the number five hitter for the D-backs, but Christian Walker batting cleanup, I just don't think comes through consistently enough. And maybe that's a question of, you know, we just discussed batting leadoff. Maybe whoever doesn't win the leadoff job should be batting fourth because Corbin Carroll as a cleanup hitter, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Ketel Marte is a cleanup hitter. I wouldn't hate it. I don't think that's the best course of action, but I wouldn't hate it. Ideally, if the D-back signed like a J.D. Martinez, I would want him to be the cleanup hitter where like a Christian Walker batting fifth. That is my dream scenario, but we'll see how it plays out. Because Christian Walker is also someone who just probably hits into just a few too many ground ball double plays. Last year, 13% of the time when there was a double play opportunity, he did convert into a double play. 13% of the time is a little bit too high. He went 13 for 98 in those double play opportunities. And that's just a little bit too high for Christian Walker. That's a lot of opportunities that you're just giving up and giving to the other team. Christian Walker, I think, is just so smart at the plate. But sometimes he just, you know, can't get out of his way and rolls over and just hits it lightly to the second baseman or the shortstop when there's runners in scoring position. And you can't really help it sometimes, right? Sometimes just the nature of who you are. When you look at Christian Walker and some of his stats throughout his career, like, 40% of the time, he does hit a ground ball. Like, he hits ground balls at a higher rate than he hits fly balls at a higher rate than he hits line drives like Christian Walker 
does hit a decent amount of ground balls throughout his career. And if you also look at the hard contact numbers, they did fall off just like Tad last year. So if he's not hitting the ball as hard and he still has a good amount of ground balls in his repertoire, like maybe that just means Christian Walker, as good as he is, as as much power as he can give the D-backs, maybe he should just be dropped to like the number five spot in the lineup, which I think is okay, which I don't think is a disrespect to Christian. If the D-backs lineup is some combination of like, Ketel Marte, Corbin Carroll, Lourdes Gurriel, J.D. Martinez, and then Christian Walker, number five. I don't think that would be a bad plan or a bad idea at all. I don't know who would be the number three hitter for the D-backs in this scenario either, but I don't think that would be a bad idea at all if the D-backs decide to drop Christian Walker down. Maybe it's Jorge Soler batting cleanup for the D-backs. Maybe it's Reese Hoskins, but Christian Walker... Probably shouldn't be doing it every day. Maybe you could platoon him a little bit more as a cleanup hitter. Maybe on days where he's going against a lefty, he's batting fourth. But days he's going against a righty, maybe he's batting fifth. Maybe just change it up a little bit more um, often than you normally do when looking at Christian Walker um, in the batting order. So that's just something that I would give a food for thought to Toy Lovello. We all love Christian Walker, but I don't know if we're maximizing him as the cleanup hitter for this D-backs team. Maybe number five would be better suited for Christian Walker in the lineup. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Hope to do a crossover with Ben Caspic of Locked on Giants this week to talk about Robbie Ray and Lindsey Crosby of Locked on MLB Prospects to talk about some D-backs prospects heading into 2024. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you to everyone who listened to the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back later in the week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.